Every story starts with a dream. A dream of someone wanting more. A dream of a life that might feel so unrealistic right now, yet you know deep down in your soul you're destined for. My name is Claire Markwick, accountant, business coach, affiliate marketer, mum, wife, and woman with a dream. A fierce dream rising up within me. A dream that fires my soul and a dream I am committed to making a reality. Fierce Woman Rising is a podcast that celebrates those with a dream, those courageous enough to think outside their current reality and make what's in your heart come true. If I've learned one thing over the years, it's that the only surefire way of staying stuck in a stale, mediocre life is believing that's all you're capable of, believing your own bullshit excuses and not finding the strength to stretch beyond them. I held myself back. I played safe. I stayed where I was for far too long, but not anymore. I want a life of passion, of fun, adventure, laughter, love. I want deep conversations, belly laughs, health, strength, balance. I want confidence, sexiness, fulfillment, and the money to do as we please without limitation. I want the life of my dreams, so I'm here creating it, and I want that for you too. So welcome, my friend. To Fierce Woman Rising, the show that awakens your mind and kickstarts your action to creating the life you love. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Woman Rising podcast. I cannot contain how excited I am for this conversation. This conversation today is with the lady who started everything off for me. Sally and I met in 2017. We were just discussing. It's crazy how the time flies. And we have gone on a journey together through coaching training. We've drifted apart. We've come back together. We've drifted apart. And now we've come back together again. And I am so excited to share that story with you all um, today on this amazing episode. Sally is what I would describe a wise woman. She has had so many life experiences and has now found her happy place, as she calls it, serving and inspiring other women to move from suffering to a life of love, abundance, and success. And let's be very, very honest, like who doesn't want more love, abundance, and success in their life? I mean, it's it's something we should all be striving for, isn't it? So welcome, Sally. I'm so glad to finally have you here. I, I, I'm excited for where this conversation is going to go. Yay. Thank you, Claire. Um, likewise, I'm really excited about today. Who knows where we'll take this? Let's just go. And 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 <laughs> that is what I love about it. That is what I always say on these episodes. You know, it's I I have faith that they will go wherever they're meant to go, and that we will serve whoever is listening, however we're meant to. So let's just let's dive in. Let's just go with it. So. It was 2017 when we when we met. Um, we were um, doing coaching training together. So why don't we why don't we go back there, or we can go back even further, and maybe let's just tell everybody listening in a little bit more about yourself and and how you came to be um, how you came to be doing what you're doing now. So that that could be a whole long story. <laughs> yes, how long have we got? <laughs> Which should I start? Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll I'll keep this as short as possible. So I grew up in the country, the youngest of six girls, (laughs) and we grew up in a household where our parents did not love each other and there wasn't any abuse. It wasn't terribly traumatic or anything like that. 
However, we were not in a happy, loving home. And I would say as a result of that, I grew into an adult who had a lot of anxiety. And I grew up listening to my mother beg my father for money. Mm. And whenever I say that, I still actually have a somatic feeling in my body and I almost get a bit teary mm. uh, because that's what uh, that's what has landed with me the most out of my childhood, hearing my mother beg for money to take care of her family. Wow. And something in me obviously said that is never going to happen to me and I got a job at the local Target store when I was 15 uh, and I always had my own money. I always had a good job. I always had money. I was a money hoarder because mm -hmm. obviously I'd learnt that to not have money was not safe. Okay. And so then time went on, you know, I became a young woman, met a guy, ended up getting married when I was 22 and... Then I became a mum at 24, mm. stopped working, and all of a sudden I was dependent on someone else for money. <laughs> mm. The and, continues. Yes. And guess what? I Turns out I replicated exactly what my mother had gone through. Wow. And so I'd married a man who was very controlling and... Even though we had a lot of money and had a successful business, he was very controlling with money. So I ended up, I was a mum with three little kids. I had no access to money. I had to ask him for money. Isn't that crazy how even though I grew up saying that will never happen to me, That's before I knew it, yep, boom, here I am. And how common is that though? Like how, yeah. sorry to just interject there, but like, unfortunately how common is that you know we, mm. we just we we replicate the patterns of the past don't we I was literally having this conversation with with my teenage son the other day like we replicate and we we find ourselves in the exact same position as our parents unhealed issues yeah yeah there's there's, there's so much psychology behind that <laughs> um, <laughs> we could be here for four days talking about that um I would like to share however that one of the best books I've read is called women who love too much and I believe the author is Robin Norwood I could be wrong okay um, maybe, maybe we could put that, we'll that put book. it in the show notes yeah yeah yep. uh so anyway I get to 30 years old I've got three young children and the marriage isn't working. It's um, turns out he was quite narcissistic and abusive and we ended up, we broke up. And I look back now and I think, wow, I was so strong, like three little kids, uh, no money of my own, and yet I was still brave enough to say, you know what, this isn't okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm better than this. There's yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, we had the we had the two-story house and the five bedrooms and he had a BMW and mm. you know, on the outside it all looked perfect. Yeah, the <laughs> dream, the house, the car, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'd get the lectures, you know, oh, there's something wrong with you. 
any other woman would would die to be you. Look at everything you've got and all this kind of crap. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so moving on, and then as we know, you know, when you split up with a narcissist, you think you've got away from the worst of it. <laughs> However, the worst was yet to come. Oh, and so from there, uh, I actually went back to uni. I went back to uni and that was part of it. I actually started six months before we broke up. My One of my best friends from Playgroup, who is now the Speaker of the House in Victoria in the government, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she had just started going to uni and she said to me, I'd love for you to come too. Why don't you come? And so I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that too. And so my youngest child was just about off to kinder. So I thought, okay, I can fit this in. I yep, can do this. Time. Yep. Yeah. And uh, my ex did not think that was a good idea. <laughs> There's a surprise. Surprise, surprise, yeah. And uh, you can't grow. You have to stay just where you are because that's exactly. where I feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I, I just did one unit in a semester, one unit of my psych, um, of my degree. And uh, I just got put down the whole time. I was there trying, you know, doing that. And yeah, and then it was six months later that actually I, I drew the line in the sand and I said, that's it, we're done. Hmm. And so from there I went on and I finished my degree. I started with psychology and then I ended up changing to teaching because of being a single mum. Obviously, it worked in beautifully with school holidays and stuff. Mm -hmm. So so that was great. And it was really a turning point in my life. So, And I started to see the past more clearly through a different filter, through a different set of eyes. And uh, I guess I got a passion then for, for, for women to really live their best life and to not tolerate you know, any any kind of abuse, um, be it emotional, uh, of course, physical and sexual, not at all. Um, so many of us, I believe, suffer emotional, verbal, financial abuse in our relationships, and that is not okay. And just think it's, think it's just normal, think it's just how yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah, and you know what? When I was married, I actually used to justify my ex-husband's behaviour with, well, at least he doesn't go to the pub like my dad did. Hmm. I used that justification probably for the whole eight years, you know. At least I've got a nice home. <laughs> how do we, I wonder how we, I wonder how we get to the point where we think that's okay, where hmm. we kind of, where we lose touch with really believing we're worthy of what we want and instead just going, Oh, but like you say, oh, but at least I've got a nice house. Oh, but you know, at least the um, at least he's not drinking it all away, or at least this, or at least that. And I wonder yeah. where we, where we, where do we lose that connection? I wonder to what it is we truly want, and and just yeah. decide we're going to settle instead. Well, I would say I never actually had that connection. I I grew up being told, you know, to be a good girl, do as you're told, be seen and not heard. Uh, I grew up seeing a lot of dysfunction in my environment and so and I always wanted a horse that was my dream life was to have a horse and so I was constantly told I can't have one I can't have one I can't have one and so I think I entered into adulthood 
not even knowing that I could have what I wanted. Mm. And so so I settled. You know, this guy came along and he was generally pretty nice in the beginning. <laughs> and, you know, there were were some appealing parts to it, obviously, or I wouldn't have married him. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once that rings on the finger, <laughs> they got you. <laughs> the charm wore off and the true colours started coming out. Yeah, yeah. And then and then becoming a mother and being a dependent um took it to another level. Mm. And next thing you know, uh you're on your own. Absolutely. So where 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 did you go from there? So now you're 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 teaching, your kids are getting older. Um, your where where are you at now mentally and sort of emotionally? Are you are you feeling like you're building your your inner strength back up? Are you feeling like you're just surviving? Like where where what's happening at this stage? Yeah, so it was quite a journey. Like there was a four year period there where well, when we when we broke up, he's he was he's six foot four and he stood above me and said, "I'm going to destroy you." Oh gosh. And I just kind of said, well, if you destroy me, you're going to destroy our children. And he said, I don't care. Wow. Mm. Nice guy. Wow. <laughs> I can pick him. <laughs> <laughs> That's anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so basically there was a four-year period there where, like, he bought a house around the corner from where I lived. And that's what he set out to do. He set out to destroy me in any way he could. And uh, he didn't succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like I survived. I survived. It was very difficult. I look back now and and I think, how did I do that? Mm. However, I did. I survived it and uh, moved on, got on with my life. And, uh, you know, I kind of went to that other extreme where I was like, I am never getting married again. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember, it's funny, I remember telling my beautiful girlfriend um, that I was yeah, because I was still only 30 or 31 at that point and I and I made an appointment and I was going back in those days it was, you know, you got your tubes tied. That's what it was back in the day. <laughs> and so I booked in, I was going to do this and uh, my girlfriend said to me, you know, you're still pretty young, you might meet someone else. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's their problem. <laughs> Anyway, um, like you know, the, the warrior <laughs> breathing fire. <laughs> uh, like it served me because you know it got me through. However, it was it was not really very functional. I wouldn't have liked to st- have stayed that way. Put it that way. Would have been so uh, easy to though. It would have been easy. Yeah, yeah it would have been really easy to stay sour and hurt and burnt and in pain and um, justifying that pain for being what you needed to be strong and to get through and this is yes. you know this is how I this is how I function now and yeah yes yes and you know what if I had it he would have succeeded that would have been destroying me 
because it would have meant all the beautiful parts of me um, got shut away, closed off. And so, you know, that's part of me coming through that is part of him not being able to destroy me. Mm, Love that. Yeah. So anyway, so as I said before, I loved horses. So my girlfriend lived in the country and I would have every second weekend without the kids. So I would go to her place and she said to me, these people have started a horse riding business. Why don't you go along? And so I did. I went along and there was this, the guy that was running it. Uh, you know, he was kind of nice. He <laughs> 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 was really nice to me. And we started to spend a bit of time together and it was it's so funny because, you know, he'd, every now and then he'd come in for the kiss or something, like, you know, we might go out in the evening to dinner or something and then he'd walk me to the door and even though I was like a young woman in my 30s of three children right so he'd walk me to the door and he'd come in for the kiss and I'd slam literally I would slam the door in his face oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and and then I remember one night you know we'd arranged that the next day I'd go out to his property and we'd go wood cutting and have a day whatever and then, you know, that night he came for the kiss and I slammed the door in his face and I actually went to bed and I started crying. And I was like, why did, like, we're just getting along nicely. Why did you have to do something like that? Like, can we just be friends? <laughs> so I was still resisting it. <laughs> anyway, so then the next day, you know, I got in my car, I went to go out and all the way driving out to meet him at his property, all the way I was thinking maybe I should turn around, maybe I should turn around, maybe I should turn around. Uh, however, I didn't, and I'm so glad I didn't because me, you know, then like letting my defenses down, I finally let him kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> however, meant to be on a property out in the bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd been horse riding, we had our, you know, hats on our Kubras, and so, and then when we kissed, both of us knocked our Kubras off. It was something out of a movie. Can you imagine? <laughs> I am picturing it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, and then I'd go home and then I'd just miss him because he was so sweet, you know, this really innocent country guy, you know. And um, anyway, my heart softened and I allowed myself to be taken care of and to trust again and, yeah, it turned out to be a beautiful love story. And we got married and we went on two years later to have a a son together. So, yeah, lucky I didn't. (laughs) Lucky you listened to your friend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it it was, I have to say, it was just an absolutely beautiful healing experience to have a child with a man who loved and cared about me. Mm, That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so blessed to have had that experience because I'm really sure that I would have stayed that bitter, sour, angry woman (laughs) had that not happened. Unfortunately, it's, it's very, very easy to, to play the victim, to be the victim, isn't it? And, and I think if you were to point, or if someone were to point it out to you in that time, or, you know, if, if, you see someone and you point it out to them now, like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the victim, but like there are, there's so many 
people in survival mode, people who don't even realize they've got all their defenses up or they're, they're fighting off the demons from their past or the traumas from their past or whatever it is. And they're living life through this lens of survival and not fully experiencing everything there is to experience. I think, I think I find that really sad Mm, that, mm. that there's probably so many people that aren't even aware they're doing that and aren't even aware that there's more to life than where they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was doing it under the veil of, um, strength, (laughs) uh, and, you know, being the fighter and being right and, you know, all those kind of unhealthy things. So if you if you said to, my, to me at the time, you know, you're being the victim here, I would have fired out really bad and said, no, I'm not. I was the victim. Now I'm standing up for myself. However, it was another form of victimhood because it was blocking me from living the life that we're all entitled to and that I believe we're all here for, which is, you know, a life of joy and pleasure and and love and success and abundance, as I like to say. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. 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 So, so where 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 was the transition then? Where 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 was teaching to coaching? What what was that what was that journey like? Yeah, well, I guess you know, moving to the farm, I was then able to live out my childhood dream of having horses. <laughs> and so I went on this beautiful journey of, of learning horsemanship, and which was a whole new world. And what I started to notice was the correlation between, oh, how will I put it, the correlation between life and how we interact with a horse in order to get a successful outcome there. Like there's so much pressure and release and force in the horse training space. And I was very fortunate that I started to learn from people who did things differently, including my husband, who did things from a place of patience and compassion and kindness and education and learning rather than the old what you might call the old method of force and and so what i noticed was that in order for me to have a successful outcome with my horses i had to be the person that they needed me to be so that they could be safe to learn what what it was that i wanted them to do interesting mm. and then <laughs> From that space, I started to notice that uh, I could see interactions between other women in particular and their horse, which told me there's, there's like a code there, which told me where they were struggling in their life and what their resistance was and what their barriers were and how if they were to just drop that, then the horse would relax and be safe. And, and they'd get a better outcome for themselves and their horse. The other extreme of it, of course, was women with horses that just walked all over them. <laughs> and What an interesting <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I sort of went into this coaching space with these women um, and they would get this result with their horse, which they could then transfer into their life with their 
often with their partner. And so that was really interesting. So then I started to think, wow, I mean, I've actually got something here. <laughs> <laughs> kind of good at this. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I thought, oh, 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 see, the bit of resistance has got self-sabotage has got to pop up. Oh, but I'm not qualified to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so then I just sort of started Googling, how could I be qualified to do this? And uh, I came across uh, coaching. And so, of course, the rest is history. That's where we met. Yep. Um, we did a coaching certification together and and then then I felt like I had the certificate. Now I'm right. <laughs> yeah, now I've got the validation I need. I've got the evidence I need that I'm I'm going to be successful. I've got the piece of paper. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So resonating with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can't do anything without a piece of paper. Goodness. That's <laughs> I can't it. can't just That's believe it in myself. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it can't be possible that I was just actually naturally born with these talents and that that's why I'm here on earth to actually share that with people and inspire them to improve their lives. And, yeah, that can't be. You've got to have the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, there's, 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 certainly, um, there's certainly merit for pieces of paper when it comes to brain surgeons and, you know, things like that. Like you'd want them to have more than just a gut feeling that they know what they're going to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> there's a place for it, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then here we are now. Um, you're like, right, okay, um, this is this is going to be a new business venture that I that I that I walk down. Walk us through that part of the story. Yeah, so off I went and uh, I loved it. I definitely found my passion. I was good at it. People were getting results. Uh, then when COVID happened, the the face-to-face -face course thing sort of wasn't possible anymore. And so then, of course, we transitioned on to online. So I kind of let go of the horse thing and really focused instead on women's relationship with themselves mm -hmm. and their own self-worth. And... So, yeah, I, I was doing that online and that was going great. And I found what would also happen is the women would get these great results and then that would change the dynamics in their relationship. And so then next thing I know they're coming to me saying, do you think you could coach my husband as well? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so then it turned into like relationship coaching really and then sometimes they'd also say, my kids are really enjoying who we are right now. Uh, do you think you could do some coaching with my kids too? And so it just, it evolved, you know, and I guess the basis of it was relationships, any kind of relationship. Uh, however, that all, all begins with the relationship we have with ourselves. Mm. That's where everything starts. And whatever we see in our external experience is nothing more than a, a mirror image or an expression of how we feel about ourselves. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that was me doing that and loving it. And then there was sort of this thing going on in the background where a couple of women I know started putting these posts up online about making an income online and stuff. Anyway, I just kind of brushed it off and thought, oh, yeah, they're just doing some scammy kind of thing. 
<laughs> and um <laughs> and you know what it just it just kept coming up it kept in coming. my yep. <laughs> it wouldn't go away <laughs> yep <laughs> and it was really funny because well not funny interesting because at the time i was giving money to because you know one of my money values is to give mm-hmm. and so I was giving to a, a charity called Charity Water okay. and it really resonated with me because I live on the Murray River you know so so much abundance to beautiful clean water so blessed and you know this thing came up where this charity water where you know they um, they build wells in third world country because it's women it's women's work to go and collect the water and so these women that were living in these desperate circumstances you know walking up to three kilometers whatever a day to fill their drums of water and it was filthy water Mm. and so charity water they they build wells in villages for these women and so I thought perfectly aligned that's where I'm going to give my money and and then you know these so that's in the background as well mm-hmm. and so then here's these women and oh it's some kind of water business oh you know <laughs> like and that. after about 18 months I was like it was just it was just did my heading because I'm like I've got to know I've got to know the truth so I reached out and found out about this business this online business and it turns out it is the most wonderful business model in the world and any wonder these women were thriving any wonder they're making a change in the world for women you know giving them access to beautiful well water right at their fingertips any wonder because it's the most beautiful freedom business model in the world that until we see it we don't even know it exists and quite frankly the the skeptic and the traumatized person within us would in the beginning think that this can't be true. Yep. Yeah. This is too good to be true. Well, what did you just say? It took you 18 months to even ask a question about yeah. it. All and all that time I'm imagining I, I'm putting myself in the position of when you started and when I started watching you, um, of of just uh you know yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, what are what, they doing what a shame she had such a good coaching business why would she have to go and ruin it and get involved in one of these dodgy things you know that's she was it. such a that's nice it. lady that's it and these two women I knew it was like they're such nice ladies why are they doing this yes <laughs> what have they got themselves involved in why have they lowered themselves to this dodgy stuff (laughs) isn't it funny how how our like defense like like it was just in the last episode how our bitch voice works like we just go into like bitch mode and we just like protect our ego protecting us isn't it but like you and I both done coaching training. Not everybody has, like we can't put the language to it. So we just go into judgment and yeah. we go into like bitchiness and, yeah. and yeah, it's. And then we're just doing it to protect ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, it's really mirroring back to us that we're missing out on something <laughs> that we actually really want. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> and that's quite confronting. 
It is. <laughs> it's really confronting. Like, I remember unfollowing you for a time. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I don't need to see this anymore. I'm quite all right where I am. Thank you very much. And I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to see this anymore. I don't, you know, she's, she's gone off on this devil's tangent. Devil, devil woman. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> you know anything <laughs> online you know the scam pyramid scheme I was like I'm not I'm not going there kind of thing and and it triggered the shit out of me mm-hmm. um it really did and you know looking back reflecting you know because there was one one um a period where I think you just got a new car and then you shared something about some new cowboy boots and then the, the next minute you were in Ireland visiting family and I was you know like you know inside I was going well how come my coaching business isn't paying for a new car and new designer shoes and trips overseas and and all this and 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 that judgment came in and I was like well it must be something dodgy it must be something you know that I'm not prepared to lower myself to I'm just going to switch this off because I don't need to see it anymore and reflecting back that is what made me feel safe because watching you grow and watching you elevate and watching you succeed in all the areas that I wanted it was too painful for me to watch and not have myself. So I just cut you off and decided it was safer and easier to judge you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite, um, quite full on. <laughs> but you kept going. And I'm sure I wasn't the only one that, that, that was triggered. And, but you kept going regardless. And yeah. Well, it's like I think I've heard you say on your podcast before, once you see this, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Uh, and that's what struck me when I saw it. When when I saw how the business worked, when I saw the commission structure and when I saw the product, I was like, wow, I can take my coaching to a next level because not only can I guide women with their self-worth, now I can show them how to make an income for themselves. mm and no longer be financially dependent on anybody. Yes. Um, for mums, particularly like a lot of women in my team are young mums with babies and they, they want to stay home with their babies. They don't want to go back to work. Uh, and also and- don't want to be dependent on a partner and having to get in that position where you feel you've got to ask for money to do anything. And Yeah. Well, they, they I mean, when we actually allow ourselves to say it, the truth is we all know and desire abundance. Mm. That is our that is our natural birthright. You yep. know, we're not born into a as babies thinking we can't have that, can't have that, can't have that. You just want it as a baby. You just reach yeah. out and you and you grab it because yeah. oh, it's there. I want it. I'm going to take yeah. it. Yeah, we unlearn that it, somehow. It, it's don't the we? Big people. It's the big people that then turn it around and start to condition us to believe that we can't have it. Mm. And then that just, that story then perpetuates and perpetuates and perpetuates. And yeah, next generation, next generation, next generation. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I forget, I forget what it was that finally um, for me, I think I must have, there must have been other people in our, in our sort of collective circle, in our wider network that started doing the same thing. And I started seeing, um, I started seeing posts and there was also a family that I was following who um, were traveling around Australia and there was just something. I was like, I wonder how they're funding it. And I I, I went into like um, 
social media like super sleuth mode I was like looking at Mm -hmm. all their hashtags and clicking into things and clicking into who was commenting on their stuff and piecing things together I'm like oh that person's a mutual friend with that person and oh this Kangen this hashtag Kangen this keeps coming up a lot what's this all about clicking and clicking and then I went back and I was like this is what Sally's doing and I remember I went back and I then was scrolling through your page and your profile I was like Oh, oh, and then I was like, okay. So by that point, I'd sort of, I think I'd seen enough evidence across a whole spectrum of different people to go, okay, well, there's a young family here who's traveling around Australia. There's, you know, there, there's coaches over here that are developing their coaching practice using this as a tool. There's people over here who, you know, like you said, who, young mums who aren't going back to work now. I'm like, hang on, there's something to this. There's some there's some valid validation to it, I guess, because there were more people in my sort of wider circle that were that were part of this thing not that I even still understood what it was and I was still viewing it through very judgmental eyes but I was getting more curious like you said with the people you were following you get more curious and by this point we're probably 12 or 14 months on so you know it's a similar sort of process of just watching being judgmental sitting back and eventually that curiosity starts to take over doesn't it and yeah and, um, and, and do you think there's also an element of waiting for them to fail <laughs> possibly yeah possibly but like I wasn't seeing that I was just seeing I was just I was seeing growth and and it wasn't always about it wasn't always about money it wasn't always about wealth and we like when you talk about abundance you know like people can put their own um people can view abundance and wealth through all sorts of different filters and all sorts of different lenses and it can mean different things to different people kind of we were talking about it before we sort of started recording uh, but to me, I was seeing, I was seeing a woman really standing into her power, and I was seeing a woman really starting to shine and really starting to believe. Like I was feeling that belief through you in yourself and what you were doing, and that I think to me, that feeling of belief, and she is so strong in herself. Like there has to be something to this. This doesn't feel fake anymore kind of thing. And and that that then coupled with a few of the things you were talking about in your posts, that was what got to me. I was like, okay, there's something there's something in this. And I think the, the more conversations I have with people, the other episodes in this podcast, every single person I've spoken to, there's been a moment where there's this feeling of, all right, I've got to, I've got to just go and have a look and see what this is. This feeling of curiosity, this feeling of something, a pull, a natural pull just Mm. draws you in, doesn't it? It does. Definitely. And, you know, in the, in our online training, you know, we talk about success is 80% inner work, 20% strategy. So what I love about it is the 20% strategy is already done for us. Mm. Right, it's all automated, done for us. So, what determines how successful you are is that eighty percent inner work. And as coaches, uh, you know, we've already already had a head start into that. Yeah. And then, and then anybody that we bring into our team, we have the skills to move them even faster through that inner work, and. It really is, even though it's a business and it's it's about making money, 
What I really love the most about it is it's actually about the money is simply a reflection of who you're becoming mm. or who you've become. And and when so when you say abundance, that's what it has given me, the the abundance, if you like, to be more fully myself and to really get crystal clear around who I am, uh, the difference I want to make to others, how I can contribute to others, how I can support others, not because I know everything but because of the life experience I've had. Mm. And we've all had life experience. Yeah. And so, therefore, we all have a unique gift to share with others and create, you know, like I call my movement the feminine freedom movement because we're changing, we're, we're, we're changing the life experience that women get to have mm. on earth right now. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love that. I, I love that because, you know, you think about, think back to the start of the, your story like half an hour or so ago where, where you were then as a 20-something a with three young children in a narcissistic relationship where you're having to beg for money and where you've got the deja vu of, oh, shit, how did I get here because this is what I remember of my of my mum. You know, that that transition from there to where you are now, you've got to be pretty bloody proud of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I think that's like we're here. As long as each generation improves their lot a little bit more than the past, than the last, mm. I think that's a good life. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I, I I mean, I could have, I, and I, I feel nothing but empathy for my mum because really back in those days she probably didn't have much choice. Yep. Uh, so I feel very grateful that I, I was born into an era where I was able to make changes and I'm also very proud of the fact that I was brave enough to make the changes mm. and now I'm just, it just expands my heart so much to be in a position now where I can create the space to support others to make changes as well. To me, that's a life well lived. Oh hell yeah! And 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 that's that's the part that I really love as well. Because as a coach, like if there's there's other coaches listening in, like as a coach, like we go into coaching because we have this feeling, we have this like this this like feeling deep inside that we're here to help people, like that we've got a gift, like we've got something we're supposed to share, that we, we've got something that we're supposed to, you know, be able to utilize to, to lift people up and help people reach their potential. And I know for me, I was getting frustrated because I had that feeling, but I just, I, 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 I was finding it really hard to deliver constantly um, without getting burnt out and without, um, without sacrificing the things that I said I was going into business to amplify 
as in, you know, time and space with my family and the financial, uh, the financial abundance, financial security, um, Mm -hmm. being sort of more mentally calm and, you know, a a more present mom, a more loving wife, a more a happy, fulfilled person in myself. All those things that I said I was leaving my stressful nine to five for and starting my own coaching business, I, I, I got to the point where I was sacrificing those because I was so burnt out trying to churn out enough services to um, to make that impact. And I remember Terry saying to me one time, he was like, what, like, what are you doing? Like you, you left a stressful job for these things, yet you're sacrificing these things now and you're still just as burnt out and just as stressed. And, and, and I think there's probably so many self-employed people or so many coaches but in particular who are in that space aren't there and and that's yes. what I really love about this like it can be a tool to amplify our coaching and our impact and what we're here to do instead of oh she's just sold herself out to bloody online schemes <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know what you've just ex- described you know it comes back to that uh what's it called the cash flow quadrant Robert Kiyosaki mm-hmm. like, when you're on the left-hand side of that quadrant, an employee or a um, you know self-employed, you're never going to get ahead. You're stuck there. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Whereas with this online business, you step straight into the right-hand side of the cash flow quad- quadrant. You become a business owner and you have all the systems, you have everything done for you. And all you have to do is show up and share your unique gifts and basically call people in, you know, this is what I'm creating. This is the world I'm creating, Feminine Freedom Movement. If you'd like to come and join me, jump on board. Yes. Uh, You know, it's as simple as that. And and that's why I think it's, it's sometimes we can think, oh, it's too good to be true. However, like you and I, here we are, honest, down to earth, Gorgeous women, mums, wives, educated, both university educated, and we're here to to show that this is actually the real deal. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think you know, as a as an accountant, for me, I couldn't I couldn't unsee the numbers. But when I you know when when I strip that back, and I I just you know day to day to day to day, I see so many small business owners who are working. 60, 70, 80 hours a week, seven days a week. Uh, they're just working all the time and, you know, might have businesses that are turning over a lot of money, but like at what cost, you mm. know? And and because I could see that and because I because I had somewhat felt, I know I, I was never an employing business. I was, it was always just me. So it was a very easy thing to, to tweak and pivot and change. I realize if you've got a bricks and mortar business and you're employing staff, it's, it's harder, but I was beginning to feel that stress and I was beginning to feel that pressure and I was beginning to feel that burnout. And I see it every day. I see it every single day in the small businesses that, that I work with. And I was like, I don't want that anymore. Like I'm not, here for that anymore there's so much more to life than that isn't there and and yeah I just cast all dispersions aside I think anybody who is 
anybody who is listening to this with any iota of curiosity, then then just reach out to one of us and and we've got plenty of stuff that we can share with you and and, and talk to you about, haven't we? Because it's it, it's one of those things that, as you say, that once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's not for everybody. Like, let's let's be very real. It's not, is it? But um, it could be. It could be. People it are open be. to it. It could be. That's the thing. You just have to be. You just have to be. Choice. It's a choice. <laughs> it certainly. Is. I saw a post. I uh, saw a post earlier, and it was something. Oh, what the heck was it? It was. It was like you're either loyal to your. Um, uh, loyal to moving yourself forward or you're loyal to the excuses why you can't or something like that and you know it's like essentially pick what you're loyal, being loyal to I'm like oh that's so good yeah. <laughs> my favorite quote is make decisions based on your goals not your current circumstances mm, I love that I love that when you drop that in our chats as well <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that really lands doesn't it because if we keep making decisions based on our current circumstances, our current circumstances are going to stay the same. Mm. Yeah. Whereas when we we dial in on what our goals are and what it, what is it that we desire, and it doesn't have to be that we desire a lot of money. You know, for me, it's it's freedom. Like yeah. having financial independence gives freedom. Yes. You know. Um, there's a great story in our community and our wider community about a guy who was like a fly-in, fly-out worker on the mines and his daughter, uh, who was school age, his daughter was representing I think her state in national championships of, of some kind of sport, maybe swimming or something, and he couldn't go because he had to fly out to go to work and he missed the most pivotal moment in his child's childhood and growth and development and expansion of who what's possible for her i mean how do you how do you justify that exactly exactly it's not it's not all about and yes there are people that that spruik about the the money and the the flash cars and the jets and the whatever like that's fine but it's it doesn't have to be that, does it? It's choices. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. It's memories and moments. That's that's what it is for me. It's 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 the ability to make memories and have those small moments every day, not just yeah. two weeks yeah. of the year when when you're all on holidays and then you're working your butt off for the rest of the time paying for it, kind of thing. It's you know it's it's having Terry and I home and and having the boys home and we can just decide to go and take the boat out when we want, take the caravan out when we want, go where we want, do what we want, live where we want. Um, yeah. That's what it's about for me. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money. Like, you know, $2,000 a month can make a big difference to someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. And how easy is that in this business? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing I'd love to share too is, you know, it's it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a business and it requires work and it's a proven business. You know, the company is 50 years old and thriving, growth every year. It's not going anywhere. Mm. Like people are always, you know, obviously the, the water, the main product is drinking water. People are always going to need clean, healthy drinking water. Yep. And the research on electrolyzed reduced water is just going to keep growing and compounding 
and it will, you know, it's spreading across the world. It started in Japan. You can see on the map where the head offices are for um, Enagic offices just gently spreading across the other side of the world. And I have no doubt whatsoever that we'll get to a place where at least every second house or home has uh, a water ionizer on their kitchen bench. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And so why not why not become a part of it at this early stage? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? I love Let's that. all love abundance and success. We we can. I just, love it. You just gotta say I want it. I'm having it. That's it. My like my shirt says actually I can. Not the shirt. Actually I, I can. Today, yes. But actually I can. I can. I can have it all. I can have whatever the hell I want. I don't have to. I don't have to choose. I don't have to um, sacrifice. I don't have to um, put up with where I'm at right now. I can have a yeah. choice. And that's the biggest thing. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up here. I'll ask you one final question, but that's, this is my final point. That's the biggest thing that I've learned over this 12 months. It's that, um, that I can, and I have got 110% conviction and certainty and trust and faith in that now um, because I've got this this behind me and I know that that will always back me and I, I know that um, it's always going to be there and it's always going to grow and, and that gives me the strength um, and gives me the power to then lead other people to have that belief as well and and I think that's that's truly awesome. What would be your final words of advice if there's anyone listening to this who who's just, who's, who's like uh, got that little, that little like, that little tinge in their stomach, you know, those little butterflies, there's that little thing, but then that bitch voice, that ego is just starting to already shoot them down before the thought has even fully processed. What would your advice be to that person? Yeah, obviously, you know, if, if someone's not happy, 100% happy with their circumstances right now, you know, they might be bored. It might be simple as they're just bored. <laughs> you know, there, there are women in our business who are empty nesters and so they're bored and and they do the business. Um, there's women who are in really desperate circumstances who are living week to week. Uh, and so, you know, whatever it is for you, just reach out to Clara or I and and we'll show you what's available. Love it. I love it. And it's that simple. <laughs> it really is. It's ridiculously, ridiculously simple. <laughs> Sally, thank you so much. Uh, I've I've said it over numerous episodes. I've been really, really excited to finally have you on the show and to have this conversation. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. And just hearing your story and your growth, I think it gives has given people such possibility, such hope that no matter where you are right now listening into this, there are ways. We do live in a time where there are ways that you can change your reality. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of it. I'm so proud to be a part of it with you under your guidance. And um, I really thank you for your time this afternoon. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. Absolute pleasure. And yeah, calling in all those women who are, who are up for some love, abundance and success. <laughs> love it i'll put all your contact details in the show notes to the episode as well as, as well as that book that you recommended at the start as well so uh, anyone listening in can connect with you there and as usual all my contact details will be there as well so you can connect with us there thank you so much thanks claire 
Oh, I am so grateful to have been able to share that conversation with you. It's one that I've been looking forward to sharing for a really long time. And it's it marks a really poignant time in my journey with Enagic and this business opportunity in sharing it now because when this episode goes live, it is going to mark 12 months of me embarking on this journey under Sally's guidance and Sally's leadership. So it seems a really appropriate time to have this conversation and to share it with you. And I trust that you got some gold from hearing Sally's story. I think it's really it's really common to have patterns repeat themselves over and over and over in our lives. And we can leave partners, we can leave jobs, we can leave towns, we can, we can try and change our circumstances. But if we're not actually leaning in and fixing the thing inside us, we're going to find that pattern repeating over and over and over. And I think it's really interesting to hear Sally's story, how she had to really lean in and fix her money story and fix her belief in herself and to really learn to love herself and trust herself again before her circumstances started to turn around, before she was able to cut ties with the tribal pattern um, of of her mother and no doubt her grandmother and, and it would have otherwise just kept going. So it takes real courage to lean in and break a tribal cycle just because things have always been that way doesn't mean they always have to continue to be that way. And it takes a very special person to be able to see that and to have the courage to make that change. And I'm really privileged and and really honored to be part of Sally's team and to be under her guidance and under her mentorship and um, and for, for that to ripple down into my team as well, which I think is is truly amazing. And and as coaches, to be able to utilize an opportunity such as this with Enagic to help us to bring our visions to life, it is it is just truly truly um, inspirational. It's it's amazing. So I trust you have got what you needed to from that episode. I would love it if you could share this conversation with someone in your network that you needs to hit, you think needs to hear it. Maybe you have a friend or a relative who you think could would really resonate with Sally's story. So share this episode with them and uh, just say, hey, I heard this awesome podcast and I think uh, I think it could be really beneficial for you and, and just send it through to them because that is what is going to spread this message. That is what is going to spread the Fierce Woman Rising movement. And I'm really keen to really build that up this year because gone are the days where women just have to settle and succumb and make sacrifices and, and make choices between a career and a business and earning money and a motherhood. You know, we can we can do it all. We actually can have it all. And, and I think we're really blessed to be living in a time of such opportunity. So I am going to wrap it up there. All of Sally's contact details, as are mine, are in the show notes of this episode. We would love to hear what you loved most about this conversation. And if there is anyone listening in who is curious about Enagic, about Kangen water, electrolyzed reduced water, molecular hydrogen and its health benefits, or maybe you're more like me and we're more interested with the business side of things and the business benefits, then just shoot me a link, uh, shoot me a message. 
um, and put the word Sally in the message and um, I will get in touch with you and we can have a bit of a chat and I can send you whatever information it is you need to learn what you need to learn about either the products or the business opportunity or both. Alrighty, thank you so much for lending me your ears. I will be back in them next week and until then, bye-bye.